Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. I'm so glad to have today as my guest the very talented, mm. the very valuable to mm. this station, Brooke Turpin, the development director here at WFHB. We're going to learn all about what the heck a development director <laughs> has to do for a community radio station. Brooke, hello. Hello. It's so great to be here. We are going to talk about community radio because you've been in it. I've been doing it for a while, which is... As a matter of fact, Pacifica Radio, you were yeah. with the flagship station, KPFA, out of uh, yeah. Berkeley. That's right. Yeah, ground zero <laughs> for community radio. KPFA was the first one. It was the so, first one, 1949. First. That's right. Pacifica uh, eventually became a, a 140 station network. Liberal, progressive, hey, they do democracy now. Yep. And they also do explorations in science with uh, the physicist Michio Kaku. Yep. Have you heard of Michio Kaku? Absolutely. I, I knew I, he was there. I knew him. That's fabulous. I, you knew You saw him? Oh, you, yes. You shook hands with Michio Kaku? I'm sh yes, I'm sure. So you were the fundraising and development director for KPFA for a few years from 2018 to 2021. You were living on the West Coast, California, the Bay Area. You're deranged. You moved, <laughs> you moved here. I know. I know. Isn't that strange? Yes. And that was my second round. I had I had worked for KPFA uh, for a couple years before that, and I skipped in 2017 and I left. Um, and then they, they just when I think they got me back in. So yeah, that was my second. You were trying to do the Al Pacino line. I was. You, yeah. Just when I thought I was out. out. They pulled me they back pulled in. They pulled me back in. Yeah. That's, that is community radio in like, <laughs> a, yeah. Once you, once you get started in community radio, you think you can get out and you really can't. You know, we've got people who are listening to this program and all the rest of our programs, Mark Richardson, all the people, Sundog, everybody listens, <laughs> uh, Women's Space. Does everybody know what community radio is? And if they don't, what the heck is it? Man, community radio is really unique. The main way to describe community radio is it's usually volunteer based. So the majority of people running it are volunteers that are those are the people that are on the air. They're they're donating their time and effort and um, knowledge to the listeners out there to bring them information and music. Crazy music sometimes. Sometimes huh? crazy. Yeah. And you and very, very often community radio stations will be free form like we are, where yeah. we play lots and lots of different kinds of music and try to serve the community surrounding us as best we can. And we're really lucky here in Bloomington to have WFHB because it's especially in Indiana. <laughs> it's it's unusual. It's, it's been about 30 years that we've been on the air. Yeah. We had uh, Jim Mannion, our uh, original uh, music director, on this program uh, after he retired. Yep. And he gave us a little bit of a, a, bit of a history. There were some uh, interesting folks and interesting times. Uh, I understand that at one point this station was in a little shack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Underneath the broadcast tower. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
Mannion retired right before I got here. Ah. So um, I was I started just in time to go to his retirement party, um, which was <laughs> out the, with the old. Yeah, that's right. In with the new. The history of this station is really uh, interesting and really and yeah, it starts back in the seventies with. Uh, Mannion and Sundog, Jeffrey Morris. The idea. The idea. And Mark Hood. And and those guys really came up with the concept of having a community radio station partially because they heard about it from the West Coast and had gone to um, check out uh, KPFA and see what was going on there. And basically, uh, the Pacifica Network started this whole thing. Yeah. And, And then... You know, they really stuck with it for several decades to make it happen here, and finally it did. And so now, this year, we're finally celebrating our 30th anniversary. 30th. Keeping it going. No longer kids. No longer kids. And that's that's part of the interesting part is that, like, working for Pacifica, where, you know, KPFA was celebrating their 70th something. Right. Uh, birthday, and then coming here and we're celebrating our 30th, I still feel like we're really young here. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we're really still growing and shaping the station. And Well, think about it, Brooke Turpin. Uh, <laughs> you were the first development director hired here, and that yep, you've full-time. only been here since 2021. September 2021 yep. is when you came on. Not even two years yet. And for all that time, we had to figure out and I guess this is the definition of what a development director does. We had to figure out how to bring money into the station. Yeah, isn't that your job? It is. My my job is to raise the majority of the funds for the station. It's to do community outreach and marketing, and figure out how to get more, um, get the word out about the station more, and get awareness about what we do here. That sounds yeah. like. Three jobs, four jobs, and yes, well, you know, I mean, it's nonprofit work, right? Which yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, you always wear a couple hats, and development directors always wear a couple hats, and that's just kind of goes with the territory. And you know, besides, I don't do well when I don't have anything to do. So I wouldn't be surprised if you have vacuumed the floors in here once or twice. <laughs> I I might have cleaned a few times. You know, <laughs> it depends if I'm if I. If I'm really hurting for something to do, which is rare. A lot of listeners might be under the impression, well, heck, you know, they have the fun drives a couple of times a year. Uh, They come on the air and they bag and bag and bag. I do that myself, too. I do it live during my show. And you say, well, there's the money. What what more do you need? Well, what more do we need? Oh, man, we um, are growing so fast and we need help with capacity. We need to be able to hire more people, to be able to serve more people. Um, that's really a big part of what we're working on now is is figuring out all the tasks that we can do so that the station is running really solidly and healthy way and, and finding opportunities to, uh, to get more people in here. Well, we're trying to we're trying to raise more money all the time. That's what we do. And by the way, this isn't 
precisely a fun drive show. No. But if you've got a mind to, listeners, go to WFHB.org. Hit that big red donate button. You can do it anytime, 365 days yep, a year. It's true. Why not? If we if we had enough donations in between the fund drives, we wouldn't do the fund drives. And plus, the the fund drives, uh, since I've come on, I'm trying really hard to make them more fun and more listenable and make them something that people actually end up looking forward to because they get to hear all sorts of you know, personalities on the air during that time and people really pull out all the stops with, you know, the best programming that they can do. So, And, you know, since you have come aboard as the development director, uh, I get all of these emails saying, this is how we're going to do it. (laughs) That you sort of have, uh, should I say standardized or should I even more say professionalized our on-air fundraising? Well, it's... Number one, it's it's really important to establish the fact that we're all doing it together and that we're a team and we're all moving towards the same goal, right? And that's to raise money for the station and make sure that people understand how important the station is to this community. I started understanding fundraising for radio back when I was at UC Berkeley and volunteering for KALX the university's um, radio station. You went to Berkeley as an undergrad. I did. Yeah. I did. Famous Um, Berkeley, University of California, the home of the free speech movement in 1965. How about that, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I I feel so lucky that I got to go there, and I managed to somehow come out with a degree. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And you did your homework. I did. I did all my homework, and I and it, and it was a great place to study English. You know, that's what my degree is in, and talk about free speech. So, <laughs> free speech in this day and age, uh, it it might be uh, under siege. Yeah, which is why community radio is so important. We abide by FCC regulations. Um, but don't drop those f bombs. Yeah, don't drop those f bombs. But besides that, and especially when it comes to public affairs shows like yours, you know, there's nobody in the back saying like, "No, Michael, you can't do a show about this," or "Yes, you know, you need to do a show about this instead." You know, there's nobody um, telling folks. Uh, you know, censoring might be a little bit of a, a you know a harsh description, but. But it's this is very unique, and yeah. people come here to intern and to volunteer their time, and especially the journalism department, because they know that they're going to get experience here. They're not going to get anywhere else. Well, I started out here uh, as a reporter yep. in the news department back in uh, 2009, Yeah, uh, December of 2009, and I said, and I watched how things were going on. I had been a reporter uh since the early 80s uh, myself, print hmm. print reporter. And it occurred to me that kids could come here, volunteer in the newsroom, and it would be like a college course in basic yep. journalism, how to pick up that phone, how to call people and say, hi, I'm with WFHB, and we're doing a story on, at the time, the big story was I-69, Oh, yeah. uh, (laughs) That went on for a long time. (laughs) That went on for a long time. There were a lot of people who 
who fought against it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I always thought when the state wants to lay concrete, the state lays concrete. Yeah, that seems to be the, the way. But the, we would talk to people uh, all over the state, yeah. maybe even from Washington. Right. We would get in uh, interviews, information, wonderful stuff, invaluable stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I hope you, you all are listening to this uh, on air right now. And come on and volunteer here at WFHB. That's right. Well, and and if you're interested in journalism, if you know somebody, a young person in your life who's interested in journalism and wants experience, there's no faster way to get experience than coming here and volunteering. We really have, you know, we try and have as the least amount of barriers possible to folks um, to come in and do work, you know, and focus on whatever they want to do. But fundraising is definitely a part. It's a requisite of everybody who works for a community radio station. It's part of it. So One of my favorite parts of WFHB is youth radio. I listen to them a oh, lot. Yeah. And it's, it's kids yeah. uh, trying out their wings on the air. And, and sometimes you go, ooh, ooh, try to make it, try to make yep. it. You know? and, yeah. and they do. Yep. They do. And they play this fascinating, interesting music, Mm -hmm. uh, stuff that I haven't heard. I'm an old bat. (laughs) Stuff that I haven't heard. I mean, I, you know, I know one of our youth radio participants does, does a show on uh, video game music, Mm. um, which has become a a genre in itself. I had no idea. um, And it's really interesting. And that's those kids get to have the experience of, talking into a microphone and they're not in the car in their parents car listening to the voice on the radio they are the voice they are they are the voice on the radio and that's an incredibly empowering unique experience for a young person to get well brooke turpin let's get back to how we raise our money and uh, we were uh, uh, talking about listeners calling in and saying, I want to be a supporter. And yep. we do that a couple of times a year. But businesses yeah. can support us. How? Well, businesses support the station through something called underwriting, which essentially is a way that the station can publicly thank a business on the air for donating to the station. There are regulations around those um, announcements that the FCC has, like you can't have calls to action. You can't make go over there and buy this stuff. That's right, yeah, and you yeah. can't um, make qualitative Statement. statements. But besides that, you know, we can say that this business is supporting us, and it yeah. and it def- and it makes a difference. You know, people people will hear that business on the air, and they will go, "Oh, well, then I'm going to go shop." I'm going to go shop at that place because they support the radio station that I I love. They're part of my tribe. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So do you have to go out there and uh, say there's a restaurant that's opening up and you have to say, hi, I'm Brooke. Uh, How would you like to uh, be part of the WFHB family? I've tried. I've tried. You know, I've I've. Uh, you know, I'll send an email and just say, hey, you want to talk or is this sound interesting to you? And, you know, that's that's what happened with Morgan Stearns. Morgan Stearns, I just, you know, emailed them and said, hey, like, you know, there's 
there's an opportunity for us to be more partners and um and they were very supportive and and have continued to be incredibly supportive yeah sometimes it's a it's more of a popping out of nowhere you know sometimes i've tried to since i mo- i haven't been here for that long so i tried to i'm trying to make connections it's going on 2 years brooke <laughs> Half of it was in a very clearly in a pandemic. That at is least. true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it's arguable whether the pandemic's really over now. But, but yeah, it was a challenge. It it's been more of a challenge for me to make community connections out of nowhere. You know, you're I, learning the whole lay of the land. I am probably still. I am well, and that, and I knew it was going to happen. But every time I leave the house and I'm out and about, I see I run into more and more people I know. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you start here very soon after moving here? I did. I did. So I moved here in October of 2020. Uh huh. Uh huh. Speaking and, of during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I was one of those people who who completely changed almost every aspect of their life during the pandemic. There was love involved. There was love involved and, and a loss of love involved and a new oh. love involved. Oh. and um, Everybody gets a broken heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was, you know, it's the best decision I probably made in my life. and And I... I'm going to go back to the deranged comment. All right. (laughs) You were in the Bay Area, which is one of the most fabulous, beautiful, glorious. I've been there a few times myself. I would go back in a heartbeat. And you move here to Indiana. Should should someone check on your sanity or or what? You know, I saw when I visited here once (laughs) beforehand moving here, um, I saw a lot of similarities to Berkeley oh. as a college town. And there were certain elements of this area that I understood. Um, and so it didn't feel like a complete foreign country. In some ways, it very much is. But, but, I, but it's, I think it is also so beautiful here that it's... I still, you know, I feel so lucky that I get to be in such a beautiful area. Maybe we, if we spend too much time here, we forget about all of the great things that are here. Oh, yeah. It, it, it like, becomes part of the background noise. When my mom came here to visit, she mentioned specifically, she said, it's so clean. Clean? It's The streets are so clean. Hmm. And it's tr- I don't know how many you know listeners out there have been to you know the Bay Area in California, yeah, yeah. but like you know it's it's not the same. It's a very busy, mainly city area, and there's like there's areas outside of the cities that you know are very pretty, but Indiana in this area specifically does a really good job of incorporating the nature into the city itself, uh-huh. and that you don't get in the Bay Area as yeah. much. I'm sure some people would argue with me about that. <laughs> you know, I, I was finding out that uh, you were born and raised uh, in a town called Albany, <laughs> California. Yep. And so I said, what the? I've never heard of Albany, California. Yeah. I find out it's at the the far north end of Alameda County. Yeah. And uh, tell me if you've heard this story. 
the origin story of Albany, California. Do you know anything about it? Because if not, I'll tell you what I no, learned. No, I guess I don't. Okay. It was not a town, and it was about 1908. And what was happening was that all the larger cities to the south, Oakland and Berkeley, they would cart up their garbage and dump it <gasps> in the area there. So <laughs> this is beautiful. You're going to love this. this is, you would have been one of these people. Oh, my God. Two women with shotguns <gasps> stood in the road. This is 1908. Stood in the road, and the next cart full of garbage that came along, they cocked their shotguns, and they oh said, Oh, my God. Go back home. Whoa. Keep your garbage. Keep your garbage. And next thing you know, this galvanized all the people who lived in the area, and they all voted to... To incorporate as a city. Wow. Wouldn't that's you have amazing. been one of those women? I think so, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's an incredible... I had no idea. Isn't that a um, cool story? But yeah, Albany is this really uh, odd little... It's a square mile. Huh. It's one square mile um, it nestled between Berkeley and El Cerrito and Richmond. Yeah, it's right there on the bay and the water. And that's that's where all the places that I lived... Um, when I lived in California, we're all along that that space right there. So, you know, Oakland and Berkeley and Albany and El Cerrito. And those were, I was always lived right there on the bay. So now you're here in Bloomington, Indiana, and probably the time when you're most challenged here is fundraising time. What is your life like? During fun drive oh, two God. weeks. I mean, is there a life? No, there's <laughs> not. No, it's it's hard for people to understand what it's like for fundraising on the radio because we are, you know, we're on 24-7. So during fun drives, I do not get – I do not have time off and I am monitoring – I'm either here or I am monitoring the air for the most part all day, every day. And making sure knuckleheads like me are saying (laughs) the right things, I would assume. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I try to really be there for all the the hosts and the programmers to like give them whatever support they need in order to do the best show that they can. And that is happening from 6 a.m. until you know, midnight or so every, and if somebody says like, Hey, I really need, you know, I'd love to get texts from you to let me know if somebody's donating on the air, then I will stay up and I will text that person. We just had spring fun drive at the end of March, beginning of April, uh, just about a month and a half ago. And you came on the air with me on my show. And the two of us, we, we took our hats off our heads and said, Please, sir, more. Please, sir. <laughs> May we have some more? Yeah, that was really lovely. I, I love coming on with people and getting my chops. Do you play any music like, on air? Yes, I do. I am on Tuesdays from 3 to 5 p.m., um, and I do the second half of the afternoon music mix for Tuesdays, yeah. Who are you listening to right now? Um, and just before I got on with you, I was listening to an album by Goat. Goat. 
which is a Swedish like psych rock band. <laughs> that sounds really... very community radio. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And I uh yeah, I I I like all sorts of music and I try to play all sorts of music on my show. All the music that I play is mostly just music I like. That's the only requisite. <laughs> Brooke Turpin, who's the development director here at WFHB, she's uh, giving us a primer on community radio and how we how we survive. How, how do, yeah. How do we make it around here? That's right. When's the first time you were on the air? Do you remember? Yes. It was at CalX, K-A-L-X. Is that which the I student still, station? Which I still have to stop myself from saying on the air that, sometimes. Yes, yeah. Because um, I, I was... I DJ. I was there for six years, and so yeah, I remember. Uh, it was an early. It was between probably six a.m. and nine a.m. on a Sunday, and I think I played a Janis Joplin song that had a swear word in it accidentally. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I um, and then I and at the time I was I was also uh, volunteering in the news department. Oh boy. And I was doing the news broadcasts in the in the evenings. And then they they asked if I wanted to become the um the DJ training director. And so I I became the training director for several years after that. You have devoted your life to community <laughs> nonprofit radio. I it's it's really weird, but like yes. <laughs> All right, I didn't be, mean to. <laughs> be honest with me, okay? You ready? Yes. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm on the spot. Commercial radio. <laughs> they pay a lot of money. Yeah, I did. Would you? Was, I have worked in commercial radio. Uh-huh. I worked in San Francisco for several very large radio stations there. Um, Big market. Yeah, KSAN, KFOG. Um, and KNBR, one of the major sports radio stations. And they were all housed in one building um, owned by Cumulus. And so I, I did work there for a couple of years. Big, big owner of radio stations, Cumulus. Cumulus. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was an interesting time. I started as an intern um, and, and I did end up getting a position in the promotions and then they moved me to sales and – Man, that was really fun to be moved into sales in 2008. It was, it was where nobody had any money to spare. It was really rough. I saw a lot of people get laid off. Before we went on the air, we were talking about why you like to be here, and you said you you are able to be scrappy scrappy. here. Community radio is is has an element to it that that is ad hoc without being unprofessional. My guest this week has been Brooke Turpin. Brooke, thanks so much for being on Big Talk. Thank you so much, Michael. This was really, I'm flattered and this was really a treat. (laughs) 